0: good morning castaways and welcome to twists and torches my name is cameron and i'm your host and today it's going to be part two of my very ambitious top 50 greatest survivor players of all time series this episode will cover number 40 through 31 so if you've missed either of the previous episodes i'm trying to objectively decide a list of the top 50 players of all time um Based on, you know, I've kind of developed a system, a point system for evaluating and then weighing certain aspects of the game of Survivor, um, prioritizing things that typically will get you the win, whether it's get you to the final tribal or uh, if it's a quality that a jury thinks is important. Um, Those are the statistics that I'm attempting to weigh here Um, using official information, unofficial information, things that actually happened in the episode, things that you can numerically evaluate. Um, there's a whole series of criteria. Uh, but ultimately, the most well-rounded game usually is going to go higher to the top. Um, in the previous episode, there were quite a few individuals who had one very weak score, or maybe two somewhat weak scores, and then the rest were very strong. Obviously, over 800 people have played this game. Um, I've only evaluated a little under 200 because it's only everyone who's played seventh or above. I think it's over 200, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, only individuals who've placed either seventh or higher on a given season of survivor, because uh, if you didn't, uh, you don't belong on this list. Um, so out of this group, obviously the top 50 is still strong, but at the same time, there are some that are lower than others. Just naturally, that's going to happen. So this list is interesting. We have quite a few winners, uh, kind of mid-tier winners that, that had good games. Uh, oftentimes, they've also returned and played at least a reasonably decent game to kind of buff that score a little bit there Um, we have a couple of runner-ups on this list as well Um, so that's kind of the characteristic of this it's it's mid-tier winners and strong runner-ups not the best runner-ups necessarily but very strong runner-ups that definitely had win equity had a chance to win and uh, some of them also played uh, other games as well Um, so yeah I'm excited Uh, I like this group Uh, I think this is a really strong grouping, and probably individuals that I would place around this spot anyway if I were to make a subjective list. But all right, Uh, so without further ado, let's get started with number 40. So, number 40 on my list is the runner up from season 35 Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers, Chrissy Hoffbeck. Chrissy was a strong foil to the eventual winner, Ben, uh, towards the end of the game, Uh, and she was not necessarily in the best position at all times. She had to maneuver her way into that Um, on the way to final tribal council. She managed to secure three individual immunities at key times, including the last two. This was the famous fire making twists first iteration where Chrissy uh, had to choose who to keep and put Devin against Ben. And unfortunately, Ben won fortunately for her. Um, She lost five to two to Ben at the final tribal, but a runner up and um, one of just four women to win three or more individual immunities on a single season very impressive. Uh, her social game was for the most part strong. Um, she was somewhat anti-hero or villainous from from some perspectives, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, kind of a foil to that all-American hero with the cowboy hat. Um, but at the same time, uh, playing a very strategic game, uh, she had strong allies and even the ones that she wasn't all that committed to thought that she was She got votes from some of those allies. She started out on a tribe uh, that lost the first tribal and she actually lost one of her allies, Katrina. Very early on, um, she didn't go to tribal for a little while. After that, until closer to the merge, um, but even then, she was successful in navigating that. Despite kind of being one of the older people out there, which often, especially during this era, they kind of just got the the got the boot early. Um, she managed to make fast friends and uh, and and keep it going. Uh, she had a very solid voting record. Most of those that she voted for did end up going home, or there was a, a vote split. Um, but she did get. Two, three, actually, three votes canceled by Idols, one by Mike, two by Ben. Uh, So Idols, I I almost didn't remember this because I haven't seen this season in a while, but Idols played a huge part of this season. Like just about everything got kind of canceled. And she was, I believe, 46 at the time of filming. So that's on the older side for Survivor, but obviously in very good shape. She's able to win three immunities. Um, Very impressive. She only received a handful of votes against for the entire season um she got some at the merge she was the other target but her group managed to win out and they got jessica out and then uh Those were the majority of the votes that she received. There was also a pre-merge where Rourke went home where she got the votes from the minority as well, just because she was seen as the ringleader. So it wasn't even a a serious threat to eliminate her. They always had the majority. It was just that was the target that the other group picked. Um, So a total of seven votes, so that's quite good. Um, And again, managed to get two jury votes. Uh, Honestly, this was kind of an era where there were a lot of unanimous and then one-vote finalists. Um, There were quite a few seasons in like the early 30s that had this happen. Just kind of naturally how the game progressed with trust clusters and um the way fire making shook out uh, this season and then following um oftentimes there was at least one person at final tribal who had almost no win equity um it actually wasn't really the case in this her ally ryan feasibly could have gotten votes but i think that his votes went to chrissy instead um and ben got the majority of them but yeah uh i'm I'm happy with chrissy being here i think she's definitely someone who deserves and needs a second chance being a very strong uh, female player uh, a good strategist and overall just really an archetype that we don't see all that often there's only a handful and and she played in a way that's different from some of her contemporaries in this archetype like Cass uh, or or even Laura Moret where she was very strategic and very um, analytical. Uh, Cass, while in confessionals, was analytical. Her actions were the opposite way. So uh, Chrissy really was a breath of fresh air and a unique character. And I'm glad that she she gets her rightful spot here in the top 50. All right, up next. And this was a surprise because I thought this person was going to be a lot higher. Um, so this was definitely kind of a, a a wild card because I thought we wouldn't be seeing this person for at least an episode, maybe two. And that is uh, number 39, Denise Stapley, the winner of survivor Philippines um, only coming in at 39. So this was, this was probably the big surprise of this list. Um, I think that winners at war actually hurt more than helped, despite the fact that she got to day 36 and placed very high um, because her Philippines game, despite going to every tribal, she only received a total of six votes the entire season. Which percentage wise, because that's how it's handled for the purposes of of filling a stat and giving them how many votes against did they get versus how many votes they could have received, Um, because, you know someone like uh, someone who doesn't go to tribal at all in the pre-merge is uh, like someone from Luvu, like Erica, is not going to, doesn't even have a chance to get votes there. So that's not quite as weighed as heavily. Um, But then she received a lot of votes against on winners of war. Um, About half of the post-merge tribal, she received a vote or two. Um, And then she got some of the pre-merge, obviously that were canceled by Sandra's idol. Um, So she, she received quite a few. She wasn't exactly in a power position the whole time, Uh, but let's talk about her Philippines game. She won in a six to one to one vote, uh, very impressive, and famously went to every single tribal council. Won so few challenges. I think they won one reward and then she won an individual immunity and then an individual reward late in the game. Um, but just a very poor challenge record for that particular season. She won, I think it was the merge immunity where. Uh, Petter played his idol I believe that was the tribal where where that happened. Um, She won two one winners at war also so that was significantly better her tribe actually had a shot for once which is uh, she actually missed a tribal council which is kind of strange for Denise but still her physical game although on the surface it looks like she probably could do quite well and she did win several immunities across her two seasons um, it's not quite as high as as I would have expected initially Um, again goes all the way to thirty day 39 um, she really navigated her and Malcolm that kind of mid game very well whereas a tribe who'd never been to tribal was just so eager to turn on each other of course that tribe included Abby Maria and Artis and Pete so of course there was uh, a good amount of bloodlust there for finally getting rid of people and they were able to use that with kind of like allying a bit with the Calabas side and Penner um, until to to kind of put them into the end game where they had a very cocky person believe that he could beat anyone and was totally fine with taking Malcolm and Denise to top four, which turned out to be a huge mistake. So that's how Denise ended up winning Philippines. Uh, Very impressive game to go to every, every tribal. Um, And that definitely shows in, in her placement here. And interestingly, I think despite her high placement in winners at war, I believe it was sixth, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, she was voted out on day 36. So, Oh, that was before the return though. So I think sixth or seventh, I'm not, the placings are very strange on edge of extinction seasons, but either way, um, did very well, went, went very close to, to winning the game. There was that famous Sandra play the idle play, which obviously is, is beneficial uh, canceling out votes against her, but she did receive quite a few. Um, I think there were several times uh, where she definitely could have gone home. Obviously she would have in that one tribal Um, back in Philippines, she received three votes where uh, Penner got voted out. So she wasn't exactly on the right side of the numbers there. Um, a couple of votes for her got canceled as well later in the game due to an idol in Winners at War, um, and then a couple of immunities she received. Of course, the votes d- down the stretch to to actually get her out on day 36. Um, that was when Natalie had returned to the game and her vote was canceled, and there was a whole. She w- it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But um, Denise goes out there. I think they were pretty threatened by her at that point, or at least the Tony and Sarah faction most likely was. Um, just just a bad, really bad timing for her to be vulnerable I think if she had a chance and was able to win immunity there she could have made a run and she definitely had win equity on that season Um, not quite the hardship she went on in Philippines but but very very strong but I do think it hurt her just because of the number of votes against and it didn't improve too much on her physical or or social game Um, but obviously a strong winner and um, I'm a little bit surprised I think that um, her being this low, obviously top 50 is not, really not a question for a player of her caliber, um, especially, you know, going out there first time at, at her age. And again, kind of a similar archetype to Chrissy, where uh, this is not the person you expect to make a deep run. It's it's kind of a surprise when they don't get voted out early, a pleasant surprise, of course, but just just how the season sometimes shake out. Unfortunately, people just find a reason to target someone that might not necessarily make sense. So. Uh, Yeah, Denise at at 39, I probably would have placed her higher subjectively, but that's where she lands. All right, next up is another winner. Um, And this one, I'll be honest, uh, I'm surprised made the list. Um, It's one of those so underrated, he's overrated or so overrated, he's underrated situations where uh, there's a lot of hardcore fans who are very high on this winner and player, and there's a lot of fans that are very low. Um, So it's kind of a strange dichotomy of of the narrative surrounding Mr. John Cochran, uh, who comes in at 38, that uh, it's very, very polarizing. Obviously, a perfect win is incredibly impressive. Um, The fact that he received no votes against and received every vote at final tribal on Karamoan is nothing short of miraculous Um, it's extremely hard to get to final tribal and win in survivor never mind with no votes against and receive all the votes at final tribal Um, it's only been done a handful of times and Cochran is one of them Um, I think that based on what I set and based on how he was able to perform uh, between the two seasons is why he's this low, but it's, I guess it, it's hard to keep a perfect game off of it based on my parameters. So I'm not upset. Uh, I am someone who's low on Cochran and think that his Karamoan win is due to a lot of outside factors. Uh, there's really, it's really hard to talk about Karamoan honestly, without talking about pre-gaming, um, of course, there's always going to be pre-gaming when you have at least, you know, more than a captain season. So either a half and half season or a full uh, returnee season. But there's always going to be some pre-gaming, but the level to which Cochran had these, like, layers to his alliance and knew when to cut people. Obviously, it's very strong, but when you can plan that far ahead, uh, it does feel like you're playing the game on easy mode. Especially if you, based on my parameters, Karabone is actually the the weakest cast overall in terms of gameplay um it, and it's it's close there's a few seasons that are are like border on it redemption island uh and one world are close as well but uh it is the weakest season gameplay wise uh overall and that's with half returnees uh these returnees did not place very high um, there were several of these who were evaluated for this list, who was like closer to, you know, 180, one, one, the 180s and 170s than the top of the top. Of course, we did see Brenda already on this list, but then you have folks like Andrea, who is like pretty close, um, but Corinne, uh, not even close. Um, just just overall a very low caliber cast, um, Dawn in the same boat. And so uh, Cochran finds himself here because primarily of that perfect game. So let's talk about that. Um, obviously, there's a lot of pre-gaming, which I, which I discussed, but he does manage to win three individual immunities somehow. Um, and it's not even necessarily like people will probably remember it as oh he got all the threats out, but he won the merge immunity when when the three amigos were all still in. He then won the one where Malcolm goes home, which was kind of a key win, and then he does win the at the very end the final. Um, so that, that is obviously a different scenario physically than the, the previous few, but um his voting record was really not that great. Uh he voted for Eddie twice, uh well, three times, and the third time he got him, but the other two times Eddie did not go home. Uh Malcolm's vote, uh his vote for Malcolm was canceled, and honestly uh Cochran was extremely vulnerable in that tribal with the famous hold up bro idol play uh they easily could have chose Cochran to go there and they just picked Philip for some reason um I think that maybe Reynolds had a bad read on how the real dynamic was Malcolm as we know because of his back-to-back play really didn't have a chance to get in on the the pre-gaming as much but a lot of them liked him obviously he's a likable guy and um was good in challenges and around camp. So they kept him around for a while, but he was never in Cochrane's long term plan. And so I think they just had a bad read of who's really running the show and they chose Philip, which was obviously a mistake. Um, but Cochrane easily could have gone there. There was almost nothing stopping them from, from voting for him. And then it's a very different game in Karamo. And so I think despite not receiving any votes, uh, that tribal is kind of like a little bit of a caveat into his perfect game. And of course, all of the second person to, to do so, uh, this final tribal was probably, I, I mean, obviously it's impressive to get every vote, but. It was probably the easiest final tribal to win. I think I've ever seen, um, Don and Sherry had zero win equity. I don't think Cochran even needed to speak at Tribal to win the game. Um, it was that it was that obvious Sherry was called a coattail rider Sherry's early game strategy fell apart when Shamar was medevaced um, and then kind of just kind of glommed on to the returnees and they kept her around because they knew she couldn't win and I think that was uh, she was uh, one of the quintessential goats of survivor that you call one and of course she goes on about her business and her being a fast food franchisee and um, and people just aren't really listening. And there was the famous Brenda and Dawn moment with the retainer. And that just made Dawn look horrible. Uh, it also made Brenda look bad, to be honest with you. Um, a lot of vitriol going on in that situation. And so Cochrane just kind of sat back, answered their questions, answered fairly honestly, and won every vote. Um, and I don't think it was ever any doubt. One of the most boring finales in the history of the show is... Um, even Eddie didn't really have win equity. Like once Brenda goes, like that's the end of the game. Like Cochran has won unless by some miracle, Eddie wins immunity and gets Don and Sherry to cut Co- Cochran, but unlikely um, Cochran wins that. It is a fairly clutch immunity and he manages to win. So we'll give him that credit. Um, his South Pacific game. Everybody is pretty familiar with Um not super good in the physical department, never won anything, lost his Redemption Island duel immediately. Um, he voted for Coach to win, which was wrong, but that doesn't get counted against him. Uh, his voting record was okay. He did vote correctly, but uh, he received votes at every single tribal in the pre-merge that he was at, which is not a great look. Um, he received votes at all, but he received votes at half of the tribals that he attended in the post-merge. Um, so... Only three of the tribals he went to out of uh, out of 10 did he not receive votes. So a very weak game. Um, and then obviously the physical game, he gets really no credit there. So uh, Caramoan's really making up for South Pacific, but also there are some kind of wrenches in Karamoan that, that prevent him from going any higher. Um, I thought he would be a scratch, honestly. I, I was expecting him in like the high 50s, but um, Cochran manages to squeak in. I forgot just how much a perfect game is, is weighted here. Uh, and so spoiler alert, uh, the other perfect games are also on this list. Um, but still, at the same time, I'm glad that I think it makes sense that he's on this list. I, I don't consider him a top tier winner, um, but it's, it's hard to discredit a, a perfect game. Uh, it just is. So uh, good for Cochran, I guess, uh, coming in here at, at 38. All right, continuing the winner trend, we have another winner um, that I think probably would have been left off or like close to it and certainly below like Cochran and Denise had it not been for winners at war and that's Ben Dreeberg and um, not necessarily someone I'm super high on he's actually currently on the challenge USA, which is kind of exciting, but um, to, to see him in a different environment, uh, that I, I think he thrives more in yet. He's still one survivor. So go figure. Um, but people forget because of the revisionist history of this fandom, um, where they, they seem to disregard his pre-merge and early merge games, which were very strong, um, similar to, to Mike from, uh, from season 30, um, Although his tribe did win five out of six immunities pre-merge, um, and he was he he only went to the first one where there was almost no chance he was going. Um, he received you know a, a few sporadic votes here and there because he was kind of the leader of the group of of seven um, at the post-merge, but they managed to pick off their foes pretty quickly until uh, suddenly his alliance turns on him at the final seven. Um, and they do so in a, at a strategic time because Lauren especially is viewing him as very powerful. They know that he has an idol. They know that he can potentially win challenges, although he doesn't. So that doesn't exactly help him on this season. Is Unlike Mike, he doesn't win any challenges in his winning game. Uh, it's just the, just the idol plays um, where he manages to cancel an astounding number of votes across uh, multiple tribals. Well, also voting, I guess, correctly, but for Lauren, it was only the one vote. So go figure. Um, and then at the end, uh, you know, manages to win fire making to get himself into the final uh, and wins five to two, as we just discussed Um so that's his HHH game. Uh, it's, it's an okay game, uh, a little bit off maybe, uh, with how, you know, a normal high control winner would play, which is probably why he's not, uh, as high as, as he could be here, um, received a lot of votes against him. And although in the tribal portion of the game, he won a good amount of challenges. He really didn't win any immunities to do himself any favors, but it's actually his winners at war game where he places fifth that, uh, I think puts him, sets him aside from some of the other winners that could have potentially been here. Uh, um, he managed to uh, win. Actually, he didn't win any individual immunities on that season either. Go figure. Uh, but his tribe won uh, about half of them. So that was okay. Um, his voting record was decent. He usually was pretty much in the majority uh, along with his allies, like uh, like Kim, Sarah, Tony, um, and Nick at times. Winners at war had a lot of moving pieces. So forgive me. Uh, but His voting record was good. He received no votes against in the pre-merge and then really didn't start seeing any until the very end. Um, last few tribals where he got uh, a handful, I think one was in a split plan. One, two of them got canceled. And then when he finally got voted out and he kind of fell on the sword, um, this isn't really accounted for in my in my data, but uh, he essentially volunteered to go home. And he said, listen, Sarah, like, just vote me out. Um, they were worried about an idol, if I recall right. And Natalie really just threw a big wrench into everybody's plans when she returned, because that was not who they were expecting. Um, someone just be a total wild card inside with Michelle, essentially, because there's nobody else. Uh, and then he voted correctly for Tony at the end. Um, so not too much to say in the physical game. He, he was okay in the tribal challenges, and you would expect that he'd win a few things, but he never won an individual immunity, which is interesting. Uh, but he canceled quite a few votes with idols. He found quite a few idols. Um, his social game was seemingly better in Winners at War. There wasn't too much him versus Chrissy Screaming matches uh, in that season, so that, that was good for him. Um, so yeah, I think this makes sense. I know a lot of people think he's controversial because of the twist, but it wasn't his fault that that's where they put the the fire making they decided in season 35 to introduce it um, as well as the new tribal format, which this was the second season of it that I think helped him a little bit in his win. But uh, overall, uh, Ben, a good player, good winner. um, And people who say otherwise uh, are probably the same people who think Aubrey should have won co wrong. So uh, there, that's my hot take for the day. I said it. I said it folks. Okay. All right. Okay anyway moving on to our next entrant which is continues the streak of four winners that we've had in a row here in these placements and this is uh the owner of not a perfect game but a unanimous final vote someone who is one of the probably can rival me in his survivor fandom. He's played and won, so that uh, obviously puts him above me. Uh, And that's Mr. Adam Klein of Millennials vs. Gen X and Winners at War fame. Um, Again, a winner who, despite getting all of the votes might not necessarily find himself quite this high um, without winners at war where uh, he didn't place very high, um, but still was in the game for a good chunk of time and had some memorable moments as well. He also just was on the, just a really bad placement in terms of his allies getting shuffled around and he just was in a bad spot come the merge. So not a ton that he could do there, Um, but a very uh, pretty, pretty good winner, a very emotional winner, which is not often something we see from like a young Young super fan often is kind of gonna be a game bot, but uh Adam actually got kind of memed on for being too emotional. Um, understandable considering what was happening at home at the time of his season being filmed with his mother. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of funny. He laughs about it too, just his excess crying over nothing. So I th- I feel like it's fair game. Uh he plays Twelfth, He didn't win re-entry, but he did make the merge on Winners at War, which in and of itself is kind of impressive. Uh, He got a lot of votes against him. Even at the first tribal, at the Parvati tribal, he got votes. Um, He got votes the one before he got voted out. It was just a mess. Uh, He did not win any individual immunities on Winners at War. He did win one on Millennials Gen X. So his physical game is not much to write home about. His voting record was pretty good on Millennials Gen X. Um, He missed a handful of them, like the first Figgy. He was on the wrong side of the numbers there. And then uh, he voted for uh, for Zeke before it was time. Zeke would then go out the next tribal. And same thing with David, where he just voted a little prematurely. Um, He had a very emotional streak where he would just kind of vote a little bit off sometimes and just kind of go against the grain. Um, But at the end, he wrapped up all of the jury votes. And this wasn't Quite like Cochran's win where, and the strength of the cast is significantly different between the two. Uh, a lot of those votes could have gone for Ken or Hannah. They just didn't. Uh, Adam had a very good final tribal performance. This is the last final tribal we've seen that had a direct question and answer. Uh, so, so definitely I missed that time. It's been uh, five years, which is crazy. Um, but he manages to, to just sweep the board. And this was like a very, a pretty diverse in terms of their survivor thinking cast, especially in the pre-merge, you have like Brett and Chris, and then like more super fans like Zeke, um, or Will. Um, so de- definitely kind of a mixed bag and he manages to, to win all of the votes, which is, is not easy. And Hannah... A lot of people argue that Hannah should have gotten a handful, maybe one or two at least. Uh, Ken, not so much. Um, A lot of people kind of saw through Ken's very uh, not super interesting or dynamic game. He just kind of went with the flow and tried to be honorable and integral, um, and it, it didn't always work out. But uh, overall, a very solid uh, season on 33. Uh, On Winners at War, he did okay. He had that, of course, famous moment with the, can I play this? And it was the idle podium, uh, which did not work. Um, He voted against Boston Robb. Uh, and Parvati and eliminated Legends on his quest to get 12th place, uh, which he was in, unsuccessful in, in going much further than that. Um, he did end up going to the edge, so he made it essentially halfway through the game before ultimately being sent home at uh, at 30 uh, day 35 on the edge um, and voted for Tony to win as well. Um, so, Adam is kind of another one of those slightly, not polarizing, but like, I think a lot of people think he's incredible and he's a genius and he knows everything about Survivor and his win was one of the best we've ever seen. And then there are other people who are just kind of like, uh, eh, you know, he was okay. Um, but I do think Winners at War actually helped him here despite his lower placement, because I think he showed a different side of his game where he can really play with the big boys. Um, so I'm happy to see Adam kind of here in the in the mid-30s. All right. Next up, breaking from the winner streak, uh, now we're gonna have a little bit of a runner-ups streak here. Uh, so starting with Dominic Abate from Ghost Island, um, and also on the Challenge USA right now. Uh, Dominic is a uh, kind of mafia boss-looking dude from uh, from New York, uh, and uh, ultimately was the closest runner-up to winning. Uh, statistically in Survivor history. uh, Oftentimes, five five votes is enough to get you a win. There are winners who won with less. Uh, Richard Hatch, notably, only had four votes to win. So uh, in a jury of 10, he got five of the votes, which is 50%, but five votes is significant to win in a final three. Uh, Ultimately, Laurel, the third-place finisher, broke the tie and sided with his close ally, but rival at the final tribal, Wendell, to to win. So he lost 6 to 5, uh incredibly close and Dominic also received only two votes against him the entire season. Um Chris Noble wasn't even the one who who voted against him. Um, which is which is funny. He had played, uh, I think, an idol at that tribal anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. But uh, he got two votes, both from Jonathan, uh, Donathan down the stretch, uh, kind of revenge votes, uh, I believe, where Donathan's just kind of mad that he's in a bad position and just voted for him on a whim in case an idol was played or something like that. Uh, he did win two individual immunities as well um, at the age of 38. So no small feat. Um, this was a pretty physically strong cast, including Wendell, Um, his he had that famous feud with Chris Noble where they went back and forth with confessionals his tribe was an immune Navidi of course the whole Navidi strong thing for much of the pre-merge and he was a big part of that so physical game he actually does probably better than you'd expect uh, down the stretch, uh, he really was in tandem with Wendell and kind of the rest of their core that they had layers. They had kind of like a Laurel and Donathan package. They had Angela here. They had Chelsea here. And although this is one of the poorly edited, more poorly edited seasons, I think we've seen Dominic's one of the exceptions because he was so over edited that we got a very good, uh, very good information about his game and uh, he used uh, there was uh, an immunity idol that negated a vote that he cast for Michael um, but other than that he was spot on I don't think he missed a vote except for the first one he cast which was for um, for Angela very early in the game uh, he got five votes so it was the first five jurors um, were the ones who who voted for him. Uh, and then it was the second five that voted for Wendell. So kind of an interesting split there. Um, had it still been a nine person jury, uh, he would have lost anyway, so it wouldn't have changed too much. Uh, just the number of votes would have been different. Dominic's certainly one of the more popular people that people say need a second chance. I mean, statistically, he is the closest to winning anyone has ever been without actually winning. Um, you can talk about people who lost final the final challenge, but they still have to go through the final tribal and actually get those votes. Uh, Dominic, we know for a fact, was one vote away any of those people switching, even Laurel. So six people, if they had just made the other choice he he could have won the game. Uh hell, even if one of those people voted for Laurel, not even necessarily that he got a vote. Like that's how close he was, just like such a slim razor margin and again, only got two votes for him the entire season. Very impressive. Uh even with the immunities and such. Dominic obviously belongs here. I think he's probably one of the best two or three runner-ups of all time. Um and I'm I'm happy that he's placed here in the in the mid 30s as well. All right, up next we have another runner up at number 34. And this is another uh this is a two-time player who is also on the challenge USA right now. So kind of an interesting uh little theme here. We got we got three on this list. Uh this person placed both sixth. And second, so an average placement of four, which is very high, um, and was on some very beloved seasons. I mean, and was really a, a strong and character that a lot of people enjoyed. And that's Tasha Fox. Um, not at all surprised to see her on here. Um, a very well-rounded game, and very few votes against her. If you even if you add them all together, and although she didn't quite manage to get any votes at that final tribal in Cambodia, um, there's no denying that she played two two solid games. One arguably, Probably a good to great game. So Tasha, um, the reason she's here, obviously uh, well-rounded, right? Um, although she didn't win any individual immunities on Cambodia, she did win three on Kagayan. Um, her Kagayan game was really uh, a kind of an underdog story in a way. Uh, the Luzon tribe was an absolute mess, uh, losing three out of four tribals, uh, three out of four challenges early on. And they had to vote out her ally, Jatia, finally, um, at the third tribal, fourth tribal council, uh, because, uh, frankly, it was overdue. Uh, eventually, after the tribe swap, she finds herself uh, once again with her tribe mates, Spencer and Cass, and aligned with them, but also with some new faces like Sarah Lucina, Uh at the merge, there was the famous, you know, top five situation where, uh, everyone knew that Sarah was the swing boat. She was kind of siding with Tasha's side, um, but ended up, uh, you know, and ended up sticking with that. But Cass actually flipped on their alliance, which just spiraled the, the season into chaos. Um, Tony took it upon himself to eliminate his own allies, every other tribal. Um, But Tasha was immune for a good stretch here where things were really chaotic. Um, Her voting record was not great. Um, She voted incorrectly multiple times. She voted for Tony, Jeffra, and Wu when they were not eliminated. Um, And, uh, you know, that, that does go against her a little bit. But she only got votes when she was actually voted out. Um, so she seemed to be a fairly well-liked person, definitely at the beginning, especially with, you know, a tribe with so few people that dwindled so quickly to not get any votes um, is, is impressive. Um, at the very end, you know, at the the final six was when she got her four votes to send her packing. Um, and then ultimately she voted for Wu to win, actually. She was one of the few that did. She was the only one, actually. So she got that wrong, but that doesn't count against her. Um, and then, of course, she was a fan favorite, naturally, uh, as evidenced. By the fact she was voted into Cambodia in the first place. Um, And this was her, probably her better game, despite uh, the physical game not being as strong. in the in the individual portion, of course. In the tribal portion, her physical game was not great at Kagian, but it was okay here. Um, she didn't win any immunities and she got a lot more votes against. Um, she was the target of part of the witch's coven early on. Um, and then she got a stray vote from Keith and and then one from Kelly the next time. And then in the the wacky uh, you know. Six person tribal with the Jeff Strader. She was actually one of the people who received three of the votes. Um, her Jeremy and Spencer were on the other side from Keith, Kelly and Kimmy. Um, and she was the one that actually got those votes. I believe Spencer was immune at that point. And ultimately, she was ineligible because of that. And so they had to re vote and like break the tie. And ultimately, Kimmy uh, goes home, betraying the group, and then ended up paying the price for it in that situation. Uh, but Tasha survives another day. She then, she actually had a very strong voting record here, um, other than the canceled votes for Kelly and Fishback, um, and then one incorrect Abby Maria vote. The rest of them were on the nose. Um, and although she didn't get any jury votes, I think her tr- final tribal performance was pretty good. Um, Spencer got. A little bit lambasted here. Um, they talked about a lot about his, you know, his shortcomings in the game. Despite talking about wanting to improve from Kagayan, he really didn't. Uh, despite winning the multiple immunities, his social game just wasn't there once again. Um, but Tasha was kind of a foil to that in a way. Like she was kind of like, "Well, I am a social person." Um, but Jeremy, of course, with the big bomb drop about having a baby on the way, and he cleaned up the votes uh, with it with an extremely impressive game. And it's it's really hard to fault him him for that and and Tasha was just up against very stiff competition. Cambodia is one of the highest uh seasons here that of strength of, of players. Um and so that that definitely helps her that the fact that she even got to final tribal in this situation. Although she didn't get any votes um so that's that's too bad. But she's still able to between her two games string together enough to to place here and, and I certainly agree. I'd love to see Tasha again. It's cool seeing her on challenge USA. Um but uh yeah uh great great character great player glad to see her here all right come up next once once again another runner up at number 33 this is an old school contestant very old school i'm talking all the way back to 2001 when colby donaldson famously purposely lost the game of survivor australian outback Although he did get quite a few votes against him across his seasons. Uh, he's one of the only people to last 42 days in Survivor, uh, which is, of course, the longest um, because they then went back to 39 and now, of course, 26. Um, so it's definitely uh, definitely was a different game back then, even the number of days. So he did get a few votes against him um, at the. I believe it was the merge tribal. There was like a big, uh, big vote get where he received quite a few votes, um, but it was a five to five tie between uh, Colby and Jeff Barner, And uh, Jeff had had previous votes against him, but, Colby didn't. So Jeff was the one that that went out. Um, So it was it was a kind of a revote with a tie. um, And and Colby was the one that that survived um, by the skin of his teeth. So that hurts him a little bit. um, But his voting record is good. Um, I think he's correct throughout the entire season. He votes for the right person, except for once he voted for Roger a little bit prematurely. He didn't go out till the next one. Uh, but wins five individual immunities in a row. Um, but from the sense that we get from the post-game interviews, I don't think he was in too much trouble anyway. Uh, he was very well-liked, kind of the Captain America type guy as they were eliminating you know, the, the other side. Him and Tina were working together at this point, point. Um, and ultimately their alliance was the one that got to the end. Colby, uh, of course, makes the tragic mistake to I want to pick someone who is worthy and decides that sending Keith the chef home uh, was the right thing to do for his honor. Again, this is season two. So the way people played is very different. Uh, even what Richard was doing on season one, people thought was immoral, despite it being a game for a million dollars. Um but obviously, his physical game is very strong here, and he does make essentially one big mistake in the game that costs him, but he still got three jury votes. So it wasn't a total loss. On All-Stars, he was a victim of the anti-winner sentiment. He was lumped in with them um, because he pretty much was. uh, Not only was he one vote away uh, at final tribal, he was one vote away at this third place uh, where he just picked the wrong person. And it would have been probably the first unanimous vote in history had he taken Keith. But um, his tribe was immune quite a bit or there was not a tribal for a a quit. um, So he was only eligible twice at tribal to be voted out Richard votes for him, but Richard was a bigger threat than he was. And then he was the next biggest in a group that included some that weren't people folks that weren't even runner-ups, Jerry Lex and Sheehan, um vote him out. Uh and he is voted out on day 19 of All-Stars. Um, it's kind of hard to uh vote it hold that against him too much. Obviously the votes will count statistically but in terms of overall game uh, he his days were numbered there anyway on heroes versus villains he came in he was not part of the pregame alliance so he was on the bottom he found himself kind of in with the other bottom feeders like stephanie and tom uh, which is interesting some of the Folks who, well, at least one of them who's on this list, spoiler alert, yeah, Tom Westman's on this list, uh, but he found himself with some other essentially legends, um, but they were just on the wrong side of the numbers. That hero's tribe is really stacked um, and, and really hard to compete with, but um, he managed to survive uh, partially thanks to an idle play from um, from Tom. He received two votes at that tribal that were for the split. This was when it was still kind of primitive, uh, how they split things, Um, still pretty early on. Obviously, the Tyson vote, uh, just a vote after this one or two, um, definitely kind of, or actually it's three. Heroes lost a lot in a row, geez. Um, But ultimately, uh, that would kind of springboard the way that votes are split moving forward. That would kind of launch a new phase of it. But this was still before that, um, so they weren't very good. So Cerise still goes home despite them trying to split uh, his voting record is not great. He like voted for Amanda early on, which was kind of silly. She was never going home. Uh, but I guess he didn't want to vote against Steph for some reason. The next tribal he bones against James when Tom goes home and then uh, ultimately, despite him not being in the Alliance, they got rid of James because of his injury. Uh, so Colby lucked out there really. And then they actually were immune a couple of times. Uh, he had a couple votes get canceled this season and didn't win any individual immunities. Uh, James, of course, remarked that Superman was in a fat suit. This was, of course, uh, nearly 10 years after his first appearance. So how is he supposed to be in the same shape, James? Come on, give him some credit. Uh there was the famous moment with Danielle and Amanda where he was kind of playing the jury It just, it felt honestly on Heroes vs Villains that he didn't want to be there. Um, he gave interviews afterward that he missed, like, the adventurous part. Even on All-Stars, he still had a chance to do that. You know, they still let them explore and didn't have very specific boundaries. So, uh, unfortunately, we'll probably never see Colby Donaldson come back, even in some kind of legend season. He's probably done, but it was nice to see him one last time. He manages to place fifth. He's the last hero standing because they wanted to get rid of the people who wanted to be there and were in it. An- Alliance um, he got didn't get any votes in the post-merge until uh, I was four to one. And Jerry, of course, crying when she's casting his vote, Uh, quite the story to come full circle for the two of them, uh, him and Jerry. And that was an emotional beat for sure. Um, And he votes for Sandra to win. His jury question for Russell is one of my favorites and kind of underrated, just like kind of like the soft spoken cowboy, the way he does it. But at the same time being like, Hey man, like you treated us poorly and now we're supposed to vote for you. Uh, Very, very telling. Uh, You know, some of them were a little bit more salt of the earth like Danielle, uh, but I think Colby's was was right on the nose as well. So a decent placing, not the best performance in Heroes versus Villains, but uh, he did what he could, um, and uh, overall, I think, uh, this is, I'll be honest, I'm kind of surprised to see him this high. Uh, I thought if he was going to make it, it was going to be low, um, but his very strong Australian outback game, I guess, kind of makes up for um, the weaker games later on, but Heroes vs. Villains, was okay. And he didn't get that many votes against him either. And he got all the way to day 37. So, hey, good for him. Uh, But Colby Donaldson coming in here at 43. I'm sorry, 33. Whoops. All right. Next up, we have not a runner up. This is actually a winner. Uh, We have uh, someone I've already talked about a little bit. Uh, just because of his ally um and that is wendell holland of uh, the winner of survivor ghost island and who would later go on to winners at war um, this is another person whose winners at war game did not help them very much because they didn't last too long um technically again lasted 35 days but that's because of the edge um he had a shot at, at coming back i think You know, it was possible that he did. He also had the unfortunate uh, circumstance of being on an island with his ex-girlfriend, Michelle Fitzgerald. Uh, So not always, not always the best and not something that survivors really ever had before. So it was kind of interesting when they had that episode where they discussed that because when they were on opposite tribes, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, Wendell came in, he had his trademark, you know, with the straw in his mouth and, you know, being a hard worker around camp, being good at challenges um, and only got five votes against him. The whole time, which is surprising. I guess Dominic took some of the heat for him. Uh, He won uh, several challenges, including down the stretch, the last two individual immunities, which were really clutch because Dominic kind of had to turn on him at some point, and uh, he kind of foiled the opportunity to do so. Dominic probably should have thought about pulling the trigger a little bit earlier, but um, that probably was his downfall and why Wendell was able to win. Again, the, the slimmest margin of victory in Survivor history, not close to a perfect game or getting all of the votes, but at the same time, uh, still, still an impressive win. Um, the ghost island is really hard to evaluate in terms of player caliber, because like I mentioned, the edit is exceedingly poor, especially for some of the, the lesser characters, I guess that didn't have as much bearing on the outcome of the season, but at the same time, uh, it seems like it was a fairly, fairly decent cast, um, right. Kind of like on the, the lower side of the middle in terms of cast strength, um, But uh, Wendell had an impressive showing regardless. Uh, Won quite a few challenges in the uh, early portion of the game. Of course, uh, with his Navidi tribe, they only uh, had to send one person home for the first five. Um, And then he later got swapped onto uh, a different tribe. Famously voted against Chris Noble at the merge tribe with the, uh, you can't rap, please stop rapping, uh, speech, go home uh, situation. Um, but, uh, Chris of course releases rap video in response immediately upon DeRosa. So, uh, who's laughing now, Wendell? Uh, <laughs> he had a vote canceled by Michael, just like Dom. Um, and then eventually he was able to get rid of Michael, but he got votes from Michael. Um, and then later the Angela Chelsea and Kellen coalition that finally Dominic and Wendell said, Hey, uh, it's out in the open. We're using Donathan and Laurel. Sorry, you three, uh, we're not allied anymore. Um, and those are the ones that, um, that they, they took out one by one, Chelsea followed by, by Kellen. Uh, at the very end, he votes for Sebastian and then for Donathan when he has immunity and then manages to get again the five jury votes and then the one from Laurel. So uh, overall, a solid game, uh, fairly well-rounded with the two individual immunities, a good social game. And uh, again, him and Dominic, at least from what we saw as an audience, were strategically running much of the pre-merge for this season. So big, big points for that. On Warners at War, he just barely scraped into the merge and and was on the um, coalition that was voting out Adam on the with the famous Florida Lee, um, but right afterward was was sent packing himself. Um, he voted out a couple legends on the way like Parvati and Yule. Uh, he did get some votes there from Michelle Parvati and Yule. Um, and it was a shame because Wendell was one of those people I thought was going to work with Yule. So I remember watching it be like, oh, that's too bad. I, I wanted to see like kind of like a good split between the eras to um to combine forces, but it didn't really work out. Um he was on the edge for for much of the game. Um and then finally uh he was just barely, uh, he had a, he had a good chance. I think he was pretty close in the challenge, but he came up short, um, and became a juror. Um, he then votes for Tony also at the end, um, contributing to that 12 to four to zero vote. Uh, yeah, I think that winners at war hurt him a little bit. Um, I think he may have been in the next episode if it weren't for that, but at the same time, it's winners at war is the highest. Uh, it's, it's no surprise, but the highest, um, average caliber of player of any season that I, that I've gone over here. Um, and it's not close. Uh, Heroes villains was okay. Uh, there was a, but there were a handful of players who brought the average down a little bit. Everybody owners who War obviously has one. So like that's a whole different animal. Um, and the fact that he even competed on that season, didn't go out early uh, is, is pretty, pretty solid. So uh, impressed with Wendell, glad to see him here in the high thirties and um, hope we get to see him again at some point. I think that'd be cool. All right, and the last one for today, this is a personal favorite of mine that I had a feeling would make the list because, and again, this is objective, but at the same time, the gameplay that I value is going to play a part here. Um, a favorite of mine, in terms of I think that they deserve more credit, not necessarily that they're the most entertaining player in the world, because they're really not. Uh, it's Gavin Whitson from Edge of Extinction, um, who at 23 managed to get to final tribal with zero votes against him on a chaotic convoluted season filled with multiple idols, moving parts, a twist to bring two people back into the game at various points. And I mean, how can you not give him credit? Uh, In the pre-merge, he was fortunate that his Kama tribe was very strong, um, but did end up going to tribal a couple of times before the merge. He received zero votes against him, and that's with only two individual immunity so it wasn't like he was immune for a big chunk of time, but two is still respectable that's that's quite good on a season that includes some strong challenge performers like David Wright and Kelly Wentworth. Um, So props to him for for that. he does get four votes too at the end. So it's not like he completely, that's the same number of votes that Tina got that Richard Hatch got. So that's not uh, That's not no votes. Um, he famously put off his wedding to come out to the season. Um, his fiance at the time, uh carly came out for the the family visit and uh it was very clear at that point that gav even though the edit didn't paint him as all that entertaining but hidden victoria did get the credit for that aubrey blindside which was very impressive um and his voting record is nearly impeccable um i don't think he was ever wrong he only had votes canceled by rick and chris at the very end. so nearly perfect there too. I mean, it's hard to, how do you argue that, that Gavin doesn't belong here? Uh, He played one of the best new person games we've ever seen. And unfortunately, you know, the famous, the twist is not on trial here at final tribal may have cost him the win. Um, I am team Gavin a hundred percent that the jury doesn't get it wrong that often. I think, in the last twenty seasons, maybe three or four times maximum, and some of those are marginal. The jury has gotten it, in my opinion, objectively wrong. This is, of course, one of those times. Uh, I am not a Chris propo- I, I'm not a Chris hater. I don't. There's nothing wrong with Chris Underwood. Uh, he's not going to show up on this list, by the way, um, which shouldn't be that surprising given the the parameters I set. But. He played 12 days and I, I don't want to rant. I want to talk about Gavin, but at the same time, Gavin played 39 days with multiple people entering back into the game. So he attended a lot of tribals, 12 tribal councils. Um, that's almost as many as Denise. Denise attended 14 on her season. Uh, and this was with winning the first his tribe won the first few or four immunities. So, but I don't think he was at that much of a risk anyway. He was pretty well ingratiated with like Ron, Aurora, Victoria. I uh, seemed like a popular person seemed like people really liked playing with him and he was never on the chopping block at all. Um, and at 23, I mean, you have to give this kid some credit, right? Um, unfortunately, Chris's ability to connect with people outside of the game where there's no trust problems. There's no real reason to deceive. All it is is spending time together, helping each other out. You can catch people fish. You can build them a shelter. You can build them a fire. And Chris was pretty good at that and people really connected with him and there's no pressures of the game. And then he is able to come back in. He's got half an idol and he runs it to final tribal course that famous taking the necklace off and giving it to to julie to face up against devins essentially bringing gavin with him to final tribal thinking he could beat him and winning in fire of course a huge move probably some of the best four days of gameplay i think anyone's ever played but at the same time it's kind of hard to argue with 39 days of uh near perfection by gavin um but he does get some votes uh it wasn't a total loss um if, if things went a little differently, if Chris wasn't the returnee, if he lost fire making, I mean, it might've been close with him and Rick. Rick was of course entertaining the jury. He also had somewhat of the redemption story of coming back. But um, I mean, Reem had never met him. How is that fair that Reem has to vote for these people and she's only met one of them in person and had a conversation other than sitting and observing? So that's an obvious vote. I mean, how is she going to vote for, for Gavin or Julie. There's no way. So that's one free one for Chris. But uh I digress, even if you go through each member of the jury. And there were some that I was quite disappointed in. Uh, I mean, uh Kelly and Rick, uh, you know, and Lauren got it right and Aurora, but uh David Wright, I mean, what were you thinking, man? I don't know. Uh, I think he should have won Edge of Extinction. I think it would have been received better if like Chris was the tragic figure that oh, he had this great return. He pulled off this big play, but fell just short. I think that would have been a better story. And although uh, the edit probably would have been different too, but I think Gavin, a lot of people thought was boring. If he was more dynamic, people probably would have thought he was robbed or something like that. But um, you can't argue with the statistics. And 31 is a very good placement for a one-time player who did not win. Uh, The fact that he got no votes against him and he got four votes at the end uh, and two individual immunities should be indicative. Um, Gavin is absolutely someone I want to see come, and again, at 23 years old. Uh, Gavin is absolutely someone we need to see come back. And um, I think this is an appropriate place for him. Uh, not in the elite, not in the top of the top, but top 50 in just just below the halfway point. Um, I'm happy that Gavin's here. And if you are mad, if you are mad, if you say, Cameron, you rigged this to to make a point about Edge of Extinction. No, I would have put him in like the top 10, if I was doing that or the top 20, at least, I mean, 31, What what's so impressive about 31. So uh, Gavin belongs here. Uh, the numbers show it. And Chris, I mean, Chris doesn't, he didn't play enough game and he got more votes against him than Gavin did despite Gavin getting less votes at final tribal. Um, so go figure. But uh, yeah, so that's it for, for tonight uh, or this morning, or whenever you're listening to this, uh, that is the, That is the list from 40 to 31. So next week, we'll be back with 30 to 21. This one, we're really starting to get into the elite of the elite. The top 25 um, is really where you push into, these are like the legends territory, some of the best to ever play. We've got some dominant physical players. We've got more runner-ups. We've got more winners. We've got some folks that didn't quite make final tribal that many people said should have and that just missed. We've got some more winners, both winners at war and non-winners at war winners. And I think that it's a good representation of uh, several eras of the show as well. So an exciting episode to look forward to next week. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you're listening to us, uh, to this podcast. Um, we're available on many platforms, but wherever you listen, feel free to, to give a subscribe. If you are enjoying this, please share with a friend, a fellow Survivor fan. Uh, it's more fun to enjoy the show talking with others. And that's part of why I enjoy doing this podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter as well, at twists, the letter N torches. Um, And uh, again, uh, thanks so much for listening and have a good one.